Welcome to Furniture Industry News for November 11th, 2023, where you can stay up to date on the latest news surrounding the ever-evolving furniture industry. In today's episode, we'll cover U.S. holiday season cargo imports, potential dock worker strikes, ocean container rates, affordable housing rates, increasing retail crime, sleep country sales, challenges faced by purple innovation, and suggestions for retailers in a sluggish economy. According to the Global Port Tracker Report, inbound cargo volume at major container ports in the United States is expected to remain slowed throughout the rest of 2023. This is due to the holiday season and the end of the year drawing closer. However, the supply chain is running smoothly and retailers are well prepared to meet the expected record-setting sales during the holiday season. The National Retail Federation predicts that holiday sales will see a growth of 3% to 4% compared to last year, which is in line with pre-pandemic rates. Sales numbers are estimated to reach between $957 billion and $966 billion, surpassing last year's record of $929 billion. While import numbers are winding down for the year, the overall economic conditions in the U.S. are better than in Europe and Asia. This is attributed to the strong job and wage growth in the U.S., as well as the ability of consumers to tap into savings accumulated during the pandemic. However, if there is a global recession in cargo trade, it could potentially affect the supply chain. In September, the U.S. ports covered by Global Port Tracker handled 2.03 million 20-foot equivalent units, marking the first time imports reached the 2 million TEU mark since October 2022. Although the October numbers have not been reported yet, the projections indicate a 4.2% decrease year over year. However, November is expected to see a 5.8% increase compared to 2022, and December is forecasted to reach 1.85 million TEU. If the predictions hold true, 2023 is expected to close with approximately 22.1 million TEU, a 13.5% decrease from the previous year. The president of the International Longshoremen's Association, Harold Daggett, has issued a warning to union members regarding a potential strike in October 2024. The ILA represents over 70,000 dock workers at ports along the East and Gulf coasts. Daggett expressed the need for members to prepare for the possibility of a coastwide strike. Negotiations between the ILA and the United States Marine Alliance, which represents maritime employers, have been ongoing. The discussions center around a new contract to replace the existing one, which is set to expire in late September of next year. One area of contention is pay raises, as the parties have failed to reach an agreement on this matter. In addition to wages, the ILA is seeking commitments on issues such as automation and ensuring that all work at new terminals is allocated to union members. Daggett emphasized that the union will not extend the contract beyond its expiration date. Negotiations between the ILA and USMX have resumed this week, but so far, the parties have been unable to reach an agreement on pay raises. Daggett has previously stated that if no resolution is reached, the union will take action with no contract extensions. A strike of this magnitude would have significant implications, as it would be the first major labor disruption on the East Coast since 1977. It is worth noting that a labor agreement was recently reached at West Coast Ports, avoiding a potential supply crisis. This agreement included wage increases and other provisions related to safety and automation. 
According to container price tracker Drury, spot ocean container rates increased by 7% this week, reaching an average of $1,504 per 40-foot container. This follows a 5% rise the previous week, but prior to that, rates had hit a three-year low. In terms of specific routes, rates from Shanghai to Los Angeles rose by 5% this week to $2,287, following an 11% increase last week. Rates from Shanghai to New York also rose, albeit by a smaller margin of 2%, to $2,661. The previous week saw a 3% rise in rates for the same route. Compared to last year, average rates have fallen by 46%, although they currently sit 6% higher than the average pre-pandemic rates of $1,420 in 2019. However, container data provider Liner Lytica does not believe that rates will continue to rise, In a blog post, it stated that carriers have not reduced enough capacity to sustain the higher rates, despite the declining earnings. Maersk, Zim, and Wanhai have all reported quarterly EBIT losses this year. On the other hand, Drury predicts that rates will remain relatively stable in the coming weeks. According to the National Association of Home Builders, housing affordability in the third quarter of 2023 has reached its lowest level in over a decade due to rising mortgage rates, increased construction costs, and limited housing inventory. Only 37.4% of new and existing homes sold between July and September were affordable to families earning the median U.S. income of $96,300. This percentage is a decrease from the second quarter's 40.5% and it represents the lowest reading since NAHB began tracking affordability consistently in 2012. The NAHB chairman, Alicia Huey, stated that steadily rising interest rates have impacted housing affordability by raising costs for buyers and construction loans for builders. Despite the Federal Reserve indicating that it has stopped raising interest rates, Huey claimed that market conditions will remain challenging throughout the year, with mortgage rates currently near 8%. NAHB. Chief Economist Robert Dietz acknowledged that rising mortgage rates have been the primary cause of declining housing affordability. Shelter costs have also contributed to inflation, driven by a lack of affordable supply and increasing development costs. Dietz emphasized the importance of enacting policies that enable builders to increase the housing supply to address the growing housing affordability challenges in the United States. The NAHB highlighted the most affordable housing markets in the third quarter as Lansing, East Lansing, Michigan, Youngstown, Warren, Boardman, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, Indianapolis, Carmel Anderson, Indiana, and Scranton Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. On the other hand, the least affordable major housing markets were listed as Los Angeles, Long Beach, Glendale, California, Anaheim, Santa Ana, Irvine, California, San Diego, Chula Vista, Carlsbad, California, Oxnard, Thousand Oaks, Ventura, California, and San Francisco, San Mateo, Redwood City, California. Los Angeles, Long Beach, Glendale remained the nation's least affordable major housing market for the 12th consecutive quarter, with only 2.7% of homes sold during the third quarter being affordable to families earning the area's median income of $98,200. According to a report released by the National Retail Federation, retail crime is increasing at an alarming rate, having a significant impact on the retail industry. 
The measurement of losses, known as shrink or shrinkage, has risen from 1.4% in 2021 to 1.6% in 2022. While this may seem like a small increase when considering the percentage in relation to total retail sales, it represents a staggering $112.1 billion in losses, an increase from $93.9 billion the previous year. The NRF highlights theft as the primary driver of retail shrink, accounting for approximately two-thirds of total losses. The NRF surveyed 177 retail brands for their latest report, focusing on the effects of theft and how retailers are dealing with it. The survey also identified the areas where theft is most common. A concerning 78% of retailers stated that organized retail crime, which refers to theft orchestrated by professional criminal organizations or regional gangs, is a greater threat than in the previous year. Examples of organized retail crime include truckjacking, shoplifting, smash and grabs, cargo theft, and cargo diversion. The report also revealed that 72% of respondents are more worried about the violence associated with criminal acts, while another 72% expressed concerns about the issue of homelessness. In response to retail crime and related issues, 45.3% of retailers reported reducing store operating hours, 29.7% made changes to their in-store product selection, and 28.1% closed specific store locations. Looking ahead, retailers have identified their top priorities for 2023 as improving employee training and education programs, preventing workplace violence and ensuring employee safety, and combating organized retail crime. The cities most affected by organized retail crime were identified as Los Angeles, San Francisco, Oakland, Houston, New York, and Seattle. Canadian sleep retailer Sleep Country Canada Holdings reported a 1.9% increase in net sales for the third quarter ended September 30th. The company, which owns a number of direct-to-consumer brands, including Casper, saw net sales rise to $255.7 million compared to $251 million in the same quarter last year. This positive result contrasts with earnings reports from other mattress companies, such as Sleep Number Corp. and Purple Innovation, which both experienced sales declines in the third quarter. Sleep Country's net income for the quarter decreased by 14.6% to $24.7 million, down from $28.9 million in the prior year quarter. President and CEO Stuart Schaefer stated that consumer demand for larger ticket items has softened, leading to a deferral of discretionary purchases. However, he remains cautiously optimistic about the company's medium-term outlook and positive about its long-term strategic positioning. The company's gross profit margin increased by 120 basis points to 39.7%, for the third quarter compared to 38.5% in the same period last year. Sleep Country attributed this improvement to higher average unit selling prices and lower product costs, partially offset by higher sales and distributions compensation costs. Looking ahead, Schaefer highlighted the upcoming opening of brick-and-mortar locations for e-commerce brands Endy and Silk and Amp Snow. He also expressed satisfaction with the progress made by recently acquired banner Casper Canada, noting that the company's investments in this acquisition will bear fruit in 2024 and beyond. Purple Innovation faced challenges in the third quarter as it launched its new higher-end product and experienced softer consumer demand. 
The company's net revenue for the quarter, ending on September 30th, was $140 million, a 2% decrease compared to the third quarter of the previous year. However, when compared to second quarter sales, Purple saw an 18.8% increase. While Purple's wholesale revenue increased by 2.6% compared to the same period last year, their direct-to-consumer sales dropped by 5.2% in the third quarter. This resulted in a net loss of $36 million, a significant decline compared to the $2 million income reported in the same period last year. Furthermore, Purple reported a negative EBITDA of $29.7 million, in contrast to the $7 million reported in the third quarter of the previous year. Despite these challenges, Purple remains optimistic about their path to premium sleep strategy. The company's CEO, Rob DiMartini, stated that the steady improvement in demand for Purple mattresses indicates that their new mattresses and enhanced brand campaign have been successful. Purple is focused on driving further improvement in each distribution channel throughout the fourth quarter and beyond. At the end of the quarter, Purple had $26.6 million in cash and cash equivalents, which is a decrease from $41.8 million at the end of last year. This decrease was primarily due to operational expenses and investments in manufacturing facilities and showrooms. However, Purple did receive $57 million from a public offering completed in February and $25 million from a new term loan. Looking ahead, Purple adjusted its sales outlook for the remainder of the year. They now expect sales to be between $510 million and $520 million, with a negative adjusted EBITDA ranging from $65 million to $55 million. Stay tuned to furniture industry news from FurniturePodcast.com to stay informed on the latest updates in the furniture industry and make sure to subscribe for future episodes.